Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now nephews and non-binary familials i'm your auntie ruth and i'm your auntie gina and we're your weird aunts. weird ants the show <laughs> where we take a look at current pop culture and talk about how it connects to past trends and fads for february we're doing a series entitled strange love where we're watching unconventional love stories all movies this time these are our recommendations to you from us with love. Mm-hmm. And you may be asking, hey, look, I already have a weird aunt. She sells feet pics on the internet and they are not hers. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I need any more weird aunts? And I'll tell you, because we have been living in a quarantine of our own design for decades. We have been absorbing all of these movies and series and we will watch them so you will and give you feedback so you will know what to watch and what to pass on your Saturday and Sundays. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, this week we have watched uh, one of mine and Gina's favorite movies. Definitely Gina's favorite movies. Um, Velvet Goldmine. And if you haven't heard of it, let me read you a description. Um, this is a really brief description. The Wikipedia one was miles long. Um, so it just says, in 1984, British journalist Arthur Stewart investigates the career of 1970s glam superstar Brian Slade, who was heavily influenced in the early years by hard-living and rebellious American singer Kurt Wilde. But, I mean, it's so much more than that. So we're... We're going to tell you everything, especially Gina. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, forget about it. Well, and it was, so this movie, right, it was directed by Todd Haynes, mm-hmm. who is probably best known for, well, I don't know. I mean, Carol, most recently. Ugh, I'm not there. Oh, yeah. About Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was, oh, Far From Heaven. Far From Heaven was so good. Yeah. Like, that was one of those movies in the early 2000s that was, like, it was um, one of those, like, Oscar must-watch movies. He also, he did movies about, I think, Sonic Youth. Um, Mm. It was a documentary, I think. 
And then there's one he's yeah. working on. I don't know if it's out yet, but I, this is the the bit of information that I knew you'd be excited about. <gasps> what? Peggy Lee. What? Girl. Yes. A, like a movie movie? Yes. What? Yeah. As a, he's a bumble boom rough. He's a, breaks <laughs> <laughs> a new heart <laughs> every day. You know, she got really screwed over for that. She wrote a lot of music for Disney and they did not compensate she her. Did. I know. <gasps> oh, I can't believe it. I'm so excited. Of course. And that's the thing. Who's going to play her? I feel like to me, Todd Haynes is like our best friend and he doesn't know it yet because. I know. <sighs> oh my God. Anyway, um, so yeah, the I think the setup. So Velvet Goldman. So why does it fall under the rubric of unconventional romance? Because there's there's a lot of weird love going on, and I'm up for all of it. Yeah, and I mean it's like the love between an artist and an audience, the mm-hmm. you know love between rock and roll stars. Um, you know, between a muse and this artist, uh, but it's, it's like just all kinds of love, but I... Drugs. <laughs> drugs? <laughs> yeah. Um, milk and peppers. But, mm. <laughs> so, Velvet Goldmine uh, came out in like the late 90s, Todd Haynes, and it was sort of like a love letter to glam rock, like specifically about like... David Bowie and the Ziggy Stardust, yeah, right, um, character, and you know at the time, see, and I think you might find this surprising or maybe not, but within the Bowie fan community, this is a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a hot potato because there are some oh. people who love it and some people who found it find it heresy. Do they find it heresy because Bowie didn't approve of it? That's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But at the time, like, he, I don't think it was because he didn't like the movie. I think it's, he had wanted to, or he had plans to write, like, a stage show, kind of like Lazarus, Mm -hmm. but about Ziggy Stardust. So, yeah, like, I, I felt like he was being protective of his material at the time, but I don't think he didn't. Or, you know, I don't think he ever publicly said he didn't like the movie per se. It's still a great movie. I mean, yeah. Todd Haynes is a beautiful director. It's not. What is that new movie, Stardust, with about him? Mm. <laughs> I know. I well, I know I will never watch it. And I'm pretty sure you'll never watch no. it. And that's the thing. OK, we're good. not talking about a lifetime movie about David Bowie. Right. Like this is a this is. This is pretty top tier. This is like a beautiful Valentine. And that's the other thing about, uh, cause I was reading, um, like a, an interview with Todd Haynes and he will, the reason that he likes telling these stories from a certain period in time is, is because he likes to like have these very specific markers from a place in time that will like literally whip you back into the sort of, memory like he uses these techniques and these lighting techniques and he likes to really get into that time so it's like beautiful i mean you've seen far from heaven like it's yes. like the, the saturation on some of these films is just so intense yes. and it really takes you there so in that way it's it's a 
a really beautiful homage. And in the other sense that, I don't know, it's just really respectful, <laughs> I think. It is. I think so, too. And, you know, you were talking about, like, the cinematography is really beautiful, but, like, the saturation, the colors, it's 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 so fun. It's like, you know, because in the 70s, the 20s was really um, popular. You know how, like, we'll go through phases where... Um, you know, right now I think the nineties are cool, but yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the seventies was, you know, like very 1920s through the forties even. And, um, you know, you had Brian Ferry, but in this, like, um, in this movie, they do like a lot, like a lot of, uh, little winks and nods to that. There's the, the photo shoot, you know, just, just all kinds of really cool, fun things that they do in this. I just, oh, I can't. Even, I don't even know where to begin. I love this. That's so true. Much. Yeah. Okay. I'll. So, um, the way I've seen it described is, um, I think it's probably the best way to describe it is that it's set up kind of like, like a, a Citizen Kane, like Orson Welles, oh. where they're p- trying to put together. Um, so Jonathan Reese Myers plays like Maxwell Demon, who's the sort of Ziggy Stardust character. Who's like the David Bowie character and they're trying to put together what happened to him because he kind of like disappears from the limelight and Christian Bale is like a newspaper editor who's trying to put the story together and he's really just sort of interviewing everybody who was close to him and of course they all have different versions of of their not only their story but like of who they who they perceived him to be, right? Yeah. And of course, you know, no, nobody has the same impression of the same person. Yeah. That is very Citizen Kane. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's, yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Because, um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Because, you know, a lot of it that I think of is, um, like, his wife is being interviewed a lot, you know, Angie Bowie, but not really Angie Bowie. Right. <laughs> uh, Mandy Slade, she's interviewed a lot, and you you get kind of a lot of her side of it, right? Um, yeah. And then you have um, his first manager is interviewed, and then you get like his side of it. So yeah, I guess I yeah I hadn't really thought of it being like there interpretation of that time period with them but i mean obviously and the thing of it is that uh, and i think i'll probably have had the same experience but like when i first saw it it, when it came out in the late 90s like this was kind of the Mm. like when we were coming up in the world you know we didn't really Mm. have like internet communities where you could meet other people who were like you or had the same interests and it was really tricky to find other people like you, it was kind of like, um, you know, you would just, this is a great example. So when I first went to college, we have this thing called drag ball every year. And Uh my, this guy came in and he was, he had a, a jacket on that had like these black, like crow feathers coming out of the shoulders. Like Brian Eno. Oh yes, ma'am. Ah, I like went up to him immediately and I was like, do you listen to Roxy music? 
by any chance? And he was like, girl. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. And then, you know, I found somebody else that they were like, wait, if you listen to Bowie, are you, do you listen to like Velvet Underground? I was like, I do, as a matter of fact. And then it was like, you would just sort of like gravitate. They were like, well, if you listen to Velvet Underground, do you listen to T-Rex? And it's like, well, as a matter of fact. And then, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was like, to me, like, I felt it was that same sort of feeling that is captured in the movie where, you know, you grow up and Todd Haynes does this really well. So, you know, it's that sort of drab gray color palette <laughs> that is very English. Yes. And, you know, it shows like, you know, uh, Christian Bale's character growing up and what it must have been like for so many people like him to see like this David Bowie figure performing for the first time, right, with like bright red hair and a, a tight jumpsuit, you know, yeah. with these like platform shoes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, just sitting there, like, draping his arm over, you know, over and, you know, just sort of, like, talking about this star man coming down from the sky. Like, here I am, kids. I came just for you. Yeah. You know, and we all knew who he meant. Right? Wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Yeah. We're not talking about the captain of the soccer team. Like, no. And it was like, you know, it was the same thing. Like, when he saw somebody, like, in an Eno jacket, like. Wait a minute. Do you listen to Roxy music? Like, and it was yeah. like, because you just knew that it was like, if you have gotten there, then, that, I mean, that's practically all I need to know about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, we're going to get see, that's why, like, like, that's why, like, I used to have, like, a million different band t-shirts, you know, because that's how you would kind of, like, advertise when well when i was in high school like okay this is the kind of music i like and if you're hip to it then let's hang out let's be friends yeah oh 100 <laughs> percent. and you know that still happens to me where i'll wear like some weird obscure t-shirt and somebody's like hey <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> but yeah it's definitely pre-internet where you didn't really know who your possible friends could be <laughs> oh the actual Bowie album, the, the Ziggy Stardust album, is called The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. I mean, that's your hint right there, guys. Mm. There's a rise and there's a fall. There is a fall. Mm. And I had, um, not that everybody needs to know this, but like one of my favorite, or when, oh, sorry, my first Bowie albums is, again, back in the day, you went to a record store. Yeah. And Ziggy Stardust motion picture was like, you know, he was on the cover and he's smoking a cigarette. Do you remember this? Girl. Yes, of course. Anyway, so that was it. And he was like, <laughs> right before, I think it was Rock and Roll Suicide, he was like, not only is this the last song, you know, you know <laughs> we're going to play. This is the last show we're ever going to do. You know, and everybody's uh, in the audience like, no! Yeah. Do you remember? And it was, Guess what? <sighs> It was like just awful. I mean, honestly, agony, agony screams. Like this, you can't be. This can't be serious. Now, of course, like he just meant that, like that, like that in the avatar of David Bowie was yeah. over. Oh, yes, it, absolutely. 
you're still going to get many versions of this. Right. Like Aladdin, Aladdin Sane was next. It, he wasn't that far off. Yeah. So you're going to be fine. But, you know, so the movie Velvet Goldmine, it sort of takes that moment where Bowie kind of kills off that Ziggy character. Mm-hmm. But it overdramatizes it to where it makes it look like that he was murdered on stage, but it was a hoax. And then he yeah. he doesn't show back up again. Right? He just, like, removes himself for public life. Yeah. And so that's what um, the Christian Bale character is trying to figure out well, whatever happened to him after that yeah. moment you know i think what's sad about like christian bale's character is when he you know he does have these memories of his time um you know i'm assuming the early 70s you know when he was a teenager right right like he, he was like shamed for liking um brian slade and you know going and buying the record in the record shop and and he he was embarrassed to like show that true side of himself, you know. He had to hide it from his parents under his normal clothes, and then even then he didn't fit in with the, um, with the glam kids, and you know, then that, that. And like every time I watched that, I was like, oh my god, that's me. Oh yeah, that's. I was like, oh my god, I'm like, I can't fit in with anybody. Like you know, like you try so hard to like be like, please accept me. I I am one of you, but. I'm not quite there yet. You know, that was, yeah. talk about bringing back memories, but yeah. And, and just being shamed from like every group to where he still enjoyed it and he still enjoyed himself and he just had to find his way. Well, I mean, I think that's like, that's so painful because I think that's what's so difficult about everybody when you're trying to find out. Like, who you are authentically, mm-hmm. and especially yeah. when you're young. Because, you know, you're just, you're like, but I love this. If you love this, like, why why can't we, why aren't we friends? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, you don't, because you're not cool. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not understand that? <laughs> you, you're an embarrassment, and um, you look stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking poser <laughs> right um you have the wrong yeah. haircut and your clothes are dumb yeah. and you know Ugh. oh okay yeah are there any other people that are also <laughs> embarrassments that are there could i hang out with them you found her baby. yeah i know exactly <laughs> it worked out for us yeah but um Just yeah like seriously. 25 years too yeah, it takes a while it takes a while to shake yeah. out um, but I really did have that. Um, oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so with the Velvet Goldmine, you, and it is very, it's almost like, you know, when people are watching Marvel movies and they're like, wait a second, that's a reference because in the comics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They were like put under, that's us. they were put under a hex <laughs> and in that hex they all believed but, like, that was me. I was like, okay, now, wait a second. That didn't happen to Iggy Pop. That happened to Lou Reed. And they're like, yes! oh, my <laughs> With the, the shock treatment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God, you're such a dork that you knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Right. Okay. So, and that, this is also like so beautiful. But so the, I guess the romance part here was the fact that, and what is very true is that David Bowie saw Iggy Pop and yeah, was like, this is it. Like he did have that moment where he was like, Jesus Christ, like this is yeah. like raw power, which is a Iggy Pop album. But like, yeah, <laughs> but it's true. It, they're just it was like completely authentic like he really just was that dude yeah like it wasn't like alice cooper or something like he really was have you ever seen a pop in concert not live no not like as a human being in his concert now unfortunately well i i did and oh yeah does that does that change anything for you I mean, I'm jealous. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) You know who I would have loved to have seen in concert was Lou. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd ever. You know, I feel like you have to, like, be in New York at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, you know, the later years. Yeah. God, when he died, I was gutted. I didn't know it was coming to me. Yeah, it was a surprise for me, too. But... That was a really sad day. I remember I was vacuuming and then I heard and I was like, I just wanted to puke. I I remember hearing this story where um, there was like a performance. Lou Reed was on the bill and that um, like I think it may have even been like Tom Petty or somebody, but somebody big. Mm -hmm. And um, like they just kept saying Lou in the the people like somebody i think it was top eddie was like why are they booing and they're like oh no 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 they're not booing they're saying lou like lou reed and he was like is that better <laughs> no <laughs> either way they they don't want you <laughs> but it was like in new york so it was like you know like the hometown yeah, advantage like, i was like i'm not, i was like i feel come on. like come, just like let him play man i don't know uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so there was that story and it is like, uh, like almost feels like kind of like a rock and roll fairy tale. So like, like Iggy Pop was like strung out on drugs. He had no chances left. Like there's like nobody, no like record company was going to take a chance on him at this point. And like Bowie really was like, look, I'm trying to like clean up too. He had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a Mm. cocaine problem. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of a um <laughs> the nose candy <laughs> sure um and by a little i mean like well it doesn't matter um but just watch that interview that he does when he's on um uh what's that guy's name in the 70s that interviewer oh i don't remember uh 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 parkinson the what's his name dick cavett Dick Cavett. I mean, if you want to see a frightening interview <laughs> where he looks like he's knocking on death's door, watch Bowie and Dick Cavett. It's rough. Um, it's rough. But it's like, um, you know, that um, that show on, or sorry, that's, that song, Breaking Glass, where he's like, uh-huh. um, 
you know, you're such a wonderful person, but you've got problems. Yeah. And he's like, I'll never touch you. And I was like, thank you. I like somebody who res- like respects boundaries in that way. <laughs> but so the point with, yeah. So Bowie, Iggy Pop, and they captured, you know, what, again, like, it did feel much like, you know, rock and roll fairy tale at the time because those albums yeah. were amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the ones yeah. that he worked with, like Iggy Pop on. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know? God. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing because they have a character. Oh. Is it Jack Fairy? Yeah. Jack Fairy to me. Um, I mean, I just. <laughs> They don't really come out and say who he is, but I just assume by, like, especially when he does wear the feather, like, collar outfit, I just kind of assumed it was Brian Eno. It has to be. And because yeah. he, he picks up, um, yeah, he picks up Iggy Pop when he's down, as if to say, like, I can help you. Like, yeah. Make, but he ends up being Brian Eno, who's in Roxy Music, ends Roxy up producing. Music. He's like a super producer. Produces everything. He is. Bowie, he still is. Heads. Yeah. It just really taught, or it, it's really go. The other thing too is that I don't know if you know this, but like, I think like sodomy was illegal in England until 1972. Oh, I think or 71 uh, maybe. No, oh, it was 1970. Oh, okay, so yeah, the first Pride March was in 72. So yeah, I, if you think about that, like for Bowie to emerge openly bisexual in 72 as Ziggy Stardust. That had to be mind-blowing. For sure. Because, I mean... Was it illegal in America? Huh? In the States? Was sodomy illegal in the States? These are things I don't think about, and I'm sad I don't. (laughs) Well, I don't know if, like, federally what it was, but, I mean, state by state, yeah, it yeah. was different. Like I know in Texas, there was like there was still like an arrest as late as or early as like the nineties or something because it went all the way to the Supreme Court. God, that's so weird. So I mean, they were still able to like bust up gay clubs and all the rest of it, like yes. they were doing yeah, here. Yeah. Absolutely. So it must have been. You know what I mean? To see that on, to have a sell as many records as he did and to see that on top of the pops. I just can't imagine what that must have been like. It just blows my mind that, I mean, we've gotten to the point where it's, God, I don't know. It's so crazy because even like when I watch these stupid sitcoms from like even the late 90s, early 2000s, like even in the very early 2000s, there were and I imagine still there were actors and performers that weren't coming out because it would have ruined their careers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like, you, you knew they were gay though. Oh yeah. You knew they were, but, um, but, but they, they didn't want to not get roles or whatever, you know, but then see like for Bowie, I mean, it was different because, and, you know, Brian Slade, you know, in this movie, portraying him in a way, it was different because um, 
he was this artist that wasn't, you know, an actor, but he, he was just an artist and he, he sang and he portrayed this and wow, I didn't realize it was so soon after it was legalized. That's wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I remember even watching something about when he did the intro to, um, what's that? The we're walking in the air. Oh, the snowman. The snowman, that's right. And that somebody that, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was necessarily the author or the director or something, but he was like making fun of the fact that he was wearing like pink shoes or pink. And he was like, I've never seen a man wear pink sparkling <gasps> shoes. And I was like, that was like the eighties. Yeah. That was like 1982 or something. Yeah. You know, I, Come I was on. Like, for, at that point I was like, you know, really, I was like this state of Bowie, man. Like, yeah, how are you going to even say anything about pink shoes when you go back like, <laughs> like 10 years previous and you're gonna bring up his pink shoes i was like david Bowie's a man dude it, it, of all the things you know but like to this day there are still like certain genres that you just absolutely could not <laughs> you could not survive but i mean it wasn't as if like the english were super cool with it yeah true i mean I don't know. Oh, my gosh. And you see some of those interviews with, like, those old fuddy-duddies, like, talking about <laughs> glam rock and... Oh, yeah. And, uh... Oh, it's it's so funny. But I do think, like, the... There was something so... You know, it's just so hopeful about that experience and seeing that because i i remember you know i grew up in a very religious home school like even though i was in a big city it was it was essentially like living in a very small community and Mm -hmm. you know we weren't like allowed to listen or watch or you know oh yeah it was like that in my home too yeah and so i remember like because we could only listen to like either like gospel radio or um, or the oldies mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. I, I remember like what street we were on and everything else when they played, it was like old Mr. Stardust, you know, and they played space oddity. <laughs> yeah. And like, it blew my mind. Yeah. And like, that was the beginning of it. And then like, when I finally like saw it, like I'd remembered and I was like, who the fuck is this? You know? And like. Yeah. You know, but it was just like a revelation that there was a larger world out there, like people like you out there, because obviously I wasn't making great friends in Sunday school, you know, <laughs> like that has sent something up. There was like something up. <sighs> that says something good about your character, though. Thank you. I wanted to yeah. believe that. But that's why, because mm-hmm. you know how when you like finally like escape like like weird like religious upbringing and you're like hey cool kids i'm here <laughs> we're <laughs> haven't you been waiting for me and they're like no i think that's like that's what maybe why we didn't fit in is because they like sense that the nasty sticky religion still on us yes, probably <laughs> um, 
But I think, yeah, ultimately, like, the, I guess the lesson or the love story of all of this, the whole movie, is, like, and when he's done with his, like, research, is really just about, you know, like, being able to be your authentic self at the end of it. It doesn't, yeah, you know, like... I don't know. I I guess I just mean to say, like, you know, he he came to a place, like, once he went, I don't think he, you know, as the interviewer, we never really did get to see him interview Brian Slade or, you know, Maxwell Demon. Like, he never. Yeah. And it was like, and that wasn't the important part because it was like through these series of interviews like he Mm -hmm. was able to go back through his childhood through his teenager and like yeah you know the journey it's so true because like when you start watching you think it's gonna be brian slade's like story or like you know how he i mean it is kind of but it's not it's like the story of everybody around him and how he affected everyone around him right you know and I think that happens a lot, um, you know, because they're with any sort of powerful people or, you know, ambitious people, because there were, you know, or in any sort of relationship that you're in, that you, you can serve a purpose for that, a, per, a, a person at one point in time. And then you outgrow one another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, you can give the confidence for people to get on stage and, you know, like adopt a look or a persona or something. If they had never, if they had never met you, they would have never had the confidence to do that. But once they do, they, yeah. that relationship may not stand. And I think yeah. that happens a lot in life. Where people wouldn't take certain chances. Right? Just, like, as normal people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And I hate to sound, like, hippy-dippy or whatever, but, you know, and I'm not religious, but I think that people come into your life for certain reasons, whatever that may be. Sure. I mean, I I do, too. I mean, you definitely aren't a hippy-dippy person, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, I and I think like it's it's okay, you know, and like everything isn't forever, you know. Not every every relationship isn't meant to like last forever. It's okay that you think of somebody fondly, and it doesn't mean like the love isn't still there, or that you wouldn't love them, you know, or treasure them. But like it, like that, like the your the needs of your lives are different now you know yeah you need people to fill the the need that you have at that moment in time right like a lot of my friends like they have families and kids and stuff and Mm -hmm. like their their needs are a lot different than mine like yeah (laughs) i mean like i don't need recipes for like one pot meal for four people so (laughs) i still will take them and i will take that meal and I will eat half of it just because 
I don't like ways. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, that's the only re- again, that's the only reason. Yeah. Um and you know, it's I don't have a you know, kids or anything either, but <laughs> right. But if I did, I mean like on a spiritual plane they would be fed. They would be. Right. But I'm going to eat that food. Right. And I think, yeah, long story short, I'm going to eat that food. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you what, (laughs) as far as like that relationship, I've never had to outgrow it. (laughs) We're going to be friends forever. Uh, Outgrowing things with it. Right. Um, meaning my clothes. <laughs> Girl, sure. Like, at, like, sure. Like, I feel like you need to embrace the caftan life. Yeah. Because yeah. I am a golden girl. But, okay, so if we had to. <laughs> oh, so, you know, it's like mostly, you know, when we're, you know, we try to say, like, what, what songs would we put? This, look, when I tell you this soundtrack is out of control good, it is out of control good. I can't even, like, I mean, fuck, I can't even, like, think up better songs than what's on the soundtrack. I mean. And I feel like, I feel like if I, if I'm recommending anything, it's like, well. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, our soundtrack is the Velvet Goldmine soundtrack. Go listen to it. It's amazing. (laughs) Yes. Well, because, you know, that's the thing. the The reason why we even saw it in the first place is because. My friend Megan, who is again probably one of our only fans, um, but she she was like, "Oh, you know, um, oh shit, Michael Stipe worked on this, and like, what? Yeah, he worked on the. So Michael Stipe worked on it, and so he had like people from Sonic Youth, uh, Radiohead, um, yeah, Tom York. Like it was like, um." God, it just endless amounts of people worked on this. Yes. Um, but yeah, they they recreated a couple of Roxy Music songs, like 4HB. Oh my God, Tom York. Oh, please, so good. He sound I I mean, I could tell it was Tom York, but like he sounded so much like Brian Ferry. It was nuts. It's really good. Uh, it's so good. I think the only thing, like you know. You could just add add Bowie songs because they weren't allowed the first <laughs> yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like Rock and Roll Suicide would be good, like, if they played it when he, you know. Yes. Um. Oh, and um, Moon Age Daydream. I feel like that would be good. That'd be a really good right? one. I'm an yeah. alligator. Um, yeah, there's just some, you know. But it's so good. It's like you hardly need to touch it. You don't. Yeah, just listen but to Development s- Gold Ground. Yeah, just listen to it. It's great. My, But see, like, another artist that I was thinking about, like, during this period that doesn't really get a lot of... Um, uh, accolades or anything or people don't really know about is Jabriah. Yeah, that's right. 
And Jabariath did kind of sound a lot like Bowie, and I don't know if maybe that's why, um, you know, maybe people are like, well, maybe he's ripping him off, whatever. But no, like, they even in the movie, even in, you know, this movie, they even culled some of Jabariath into it. And, um, you know, he's just lesser known, but still a very talented artist. He actually died um, from HIV in the early eighties. Um, so that's, that could be another reason why a lot of people hadn't really heard of him before, but, um, anyways, that was one of the songs I was recommending this week was, uh, Space Clown by Jabriath. Cause I think he's definitely somebody more people should check out. You know, one of the um, songs that was mm-hmm. in the movie that didn't make the soundtrack that I love, love uh-huh. like too much. Yeah. Is uh Cause I Love You by Slade. I would Slade. laugh at you when you boo hoo hoo. <sighs> well and, and I think that may be why, you know, Bowie character is Brian Slade. I kinda just assume <gasps> you know Jesus, I never even put it together. What? Why didn't I do girl, now I feel dumb. Can I okay, so a couple things. No. Um Oh, wait. Well, I did. I'll, I have another song. Um, so, like, this was, I think, released in 1998. And it was, like, around that time of, like, the whole Brit pop yeah. insurgents. Like, you know, you had Oasis and Blur. And um, so one of the songs I chose was Girls and Boys by Blur. Oh. Because, you know, kind of, like, goes with that. Maybe not androgynous, but, you know, that whole. Mm-hmm. Well, just listen to the song and you'll see. Um. But that was kind of like one of the things I was thinking of is um, how the late '90s was. Well, it's was kind of it was kind of taking a lot from that glam rock period. I think you know what? It's um, funny that you should mm-hmm. say that because I I had that thought as well. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, I wanted to add a pulp song. Oh yeah, this is hardcore because it also have. Do you remember that song? Yeah. It, because it also had that sort of like, which I felt was a very Roxy music, sort of like that same yeah, like yes. film noir. Uh-huh. <sighs> I love that song. I'm glad you went there because I was like, I was holding it back, but. No, don't. Because like, and I think Pulp, Pulp was definitely one of those, I don't even want to call them Britpop, but you know, definitely came out around the same time. Um that I've, I've clung on to because I just love Jarvis so much. I do too. And, and Jarvis is on the soundtrack. Jarvis is on the soundtrack. And, you know, as a solo artist, he's so good. And he's just got that charisma and the really talented voice and everything. And, yeah. I mean, I was never like an Oasis kind of girl. It's mm-hmm. definitely on the blur side of things. Well, I know. It is weird because, you know, some people, they're like... You know, in the Blur versus Oasis war, Pulp won. And I was like, yep, that's... Oh, oh, it's like Velvet Underground. Like, who do you prefer, the Beatles or the Stones? And yeah, it's, uh, you know, Velvet Underground. Yeah. Didn't they say that, like... <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's how I yeah. but... <laughs> Okay, well, uh, one thing, though, I'd like to uh, mention of note in the movie before we go or anything um, is when they're at the um, 
the quote unquote death to uh, death to glitter. Glam, I think it is. Or, yeah, death to glitter, uh, the ball, the concert. Um, Christian Bale in the audience doing that windmill dance oh, with his arms. Um, I <laughs> I felt that. Oh man, me too. Um, buddy. You're such a dork. You're getting way too into the music. Maybe you've taken some substances. Maybe you drank too much. You're really into it. And you're dancing like a dummy. And when he gets tapped on the shoulder by the person behind him, like, guy, you got to chill out. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, Christian Bale, this whole movie... Like, it's like, yeah, like the trials and humiliations of Christian Bale. Like, yeah, I felt Welcome that. to our world. I felt that. So hard. And it's, you know what? It's what I've always called the I loved it too much disease where, like, <laughs> I have this problem where I would always chew gum and swallow it. And I was like, oh, I loved it too much. You know, because I was just like, chomp, 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 chomp. And it was like. It's the same thing. Like, I would go out dancing. And you're right. Like, I would always dance too hard or, like, yeah. sing too loud. And yeah, because I, I loved it too much. I loved it yeah. too like, much. Yeah. Like, you love a band too much. You talk about this too much. It's like you just become so obsessed with it. And, and they've, they've all stood up. Like, all these artists from the 70s. Yeah. You know? I mean, their music is just... We weren't wrong. No. Yeah. Like, you know, and then the people that were inspired by them, they ended up staying like mm-hmm. Radiohead's great. Pulp's still great. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> well, anyway. Anyway. I feel like, I mean, we didn't talk nearly as much about Velvet Goldmine as we should have, but I just. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like Bowie. Listen, let's just tell you something about Velvet Goldmine. It's basically about Bowie. Right. And so <laughs> if you watch it, just know that when you see a music video, there's a correlating video by Bowie that they just ripped off. Yeah, that's what I mean. I have like just I just feel like we prepared. You have to see the movie now. That's the point. I just we I felt like we gave yeah. you a good foundation. Yeah. And you know, now you now you can watch it. Now you can watch it, or you can just watch old videos from the seventies on YouTube. Yeah, either way, either way. I mean, but this movie is very good. Yeah, it's very. It good. is good. Very, very, very good. Why would, we wouldn't because, have picked it if it wasn't good. Can I add another thing on that we forgot to talk about? Is Eddie Izzard is in this as well? Come on. I mean, everybody's good. They are Tony Collette. Everybody's Ewan good. McGregor. As fucking Iggy Pop, dude. Jonathan Rhys Myers in the bloom Ugh. of youth. Bloom of youth and bloom of like, I know I'm pretty. I'm going to give you that face. He gives his face. He gives his face so uh. much you think it's going to pop off. <laughs> and he does pop off. He pops off. <laughs> it's too much. It's it's so good. It works. Got to watch it. Yeah. Got to watch it. <sighs> All right. Well, so we'll we'll be back to watching crazy series that are underrepresented. I'd like to I'd like to watch some more movies though. This is kind of fun. Yeah. There's so many things I'd like to do too, Auntie Ruth. <laughs> 
doesn't mean we're not going to. <laughs> we'll get around to some shit eventually. Yeah, we'll work. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what the kids want. <sighs> All right, buddy. Okay. It's good to see you. So with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to this show. And I mean, every one person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can send in your recommendations of music, movies, and shows that you want us to check out. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at Your Weird Ants, Instagram at Your Weird Ants, Facebook at Your Weird Ants, or email at yourweirdants at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And join us next time when, you know, we'll watch something. We're going to watch something. We're going to watch something, but join us. You'll love it. Join us on. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Or you'll just watch stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Thanks again from your Auntie Ruth. And your Auntie Gina. Your. Your.